0: What is up, my friend? Welcome to episode 120 of the Anthony Mix Podcast. And today, we're going to be tackling a taboo topic, porn. And I'm bringing on a guest to talk about how to make peace with porn. So if you or someone you know is struggling with porn, uh, even if you're not struggling with porn, this conversation is going to be very, very enlightening, I promise you. So if you're ready to, like, man, learn a little bit more about porn and how it can either destroy your life or benefit your life, we really kind of tackle it from both sides. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Anthony John Amix podcast, the one and only podcast designed to help you become unstoppable in life and business. My name is Anthony John Amix. My friends call me AJ. And my goal with this podcast is to help you remember who you truly are so you can maintain your center in the chaos, embody your potential and unlock freedom in your life and business. That being said, let's get into today's show. All right, welcome back. Now, before I bring on today's guest, if you want to generate more revenue while working less, living out your big vision, having fun, and doing more of what you love, I have a little something for you. Each week, I set aside a few hours to talk with online entrepreneurs about what's working, what's not working, and really help them create a plan to create their visions faster. So if you want to grab one of those times to talk with me directly, simply go to talkwithaj.com. It's 100% free Normally, I charge up to $1,000 for a strategy session, but since you're listening to this podcast, I'll hook you up with an opportunity to talk with me. Now, I will warn you, don't book this call if you're not serious about creating results. Like, We will dive deep, and together, we will find the route that is preventing you from having the fruit that you want right now. So, If you're an online entrepreneur, and you're driven, and you're hungry, and you're ready to create the next level of results for yourself, go to talkwithaj.com to grab a time to talk with me now. Now, with that being said, let me tell you about today's guest. His name is Matt Sinkovitz. He runs a community called Making Peace With Porn, and it exists to support men in their journey to liberate themselves from their compulsive relationship with porn. Now, his vision for this community is a conscious brotherhood of 10,000 men working together to cultivate their healthy masculinity, claim their power, and create lives worth living. Now, if you're a woman listening to this episode, I want you to know that we're going to be talking about porn and how it relates to both men and women so it's not just a men thing we'll, we'll dive into the women's side of that as well so with that being said let's bring him onto the show matt welcome to the podcast brother great to be here aj thank you i saw on your uh, your timeline uh you're a buddhist um like minister like certified buddhist minister even though you had like a christian faith upbringing tell me a little bit about how that came to pass
1: yeah yeah thanks for asking so um like Many of us. Uh, I was raised in a Christian, you know, traditional Christian household. And, uh, you know, I, I was uh, very devout in that in that faith tradition for most of my uh, youth up into my 20s or so. And I think li- li- like many of us, you know, late teens, early 20s, I kind of began asking a lot of my own questions and stuff like that. And um, it was actually about um, mid-20s or so, I got into like a really dark place in my life mm. and really depressed and a lot of... Uh, just dark thoughts, uh, obsessive thinking, suicidal thinking. And um, yeah, I just wanted some more clarity and, and understanding as to my own mind. I was feeling a real victim to my mind. And that um, dark place really led me to a study in mindfulness and meditation, which ultimately led me to to Buddhism and it led, led me to a, a local Buddhist meditation group. And I just, I really stuck that out and then ended up um, studying and training with with my own teacher who owns, uh, who, who who runs our local order here. and founded his own kind of uh, Buddhist tradition here in the area. And, um, that's ultimately what, what led me there and and I really as I mentioned in that post actually I'm I still very much consider myself a man of Christ I'm very much rooted in the Christian uh tradition and and principles um that was my foundation I think Buddhism really complements that nicely and it's kind of I think an expanded understanding of of God and my own spiritual walk
0: you know Dude I I totally understand I did uh 10 days of apasana which was intense mm-hmm. um kind of immersion into to certain Buddhist philosophies I've studied the Bhagavad Gita. And right now I'm actually reading the book of Mormon and their two other holy books. Like I just like studying other religions. And for me personally, I find the more that I open myself up to other religions, the more like my Christian faith has more life and it gives me more practical application. And I always tell a lot of my clients, you know, cause we're like, well, how can you do this? I'm like, well, for me, it's kind of like, if I only knew Matt, for instance, from the front, my entire life, let's call that Christianity. And I go over here and I I look at his his left side, let's call that Buddhism. And maybe I come over here and look at the right side and we'll call that like Mormonism or whatever. The more that I get to learn, the more I'm learning about the totality of God, because let's be honest, it's this infinite thing that for thousands and thousands of years, man has just been doing its best attempt to put language around that's unfathomable, right? right? So- I totally understand when you say it, it, strengthens your face, man, your faith, man. I, I think it's really cool that, that you're doing that and have been down that path.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool, Thank man. You,
0: well, today I really want to talk about like making peace with porn. Lots of people aren't talking about this. You're doing that. How did, uh, how did your Christian faith play into your journey into where you're at here, helping men? And we'll talk about helping women too? um, just mm-hmm. kind of make peace with porn.
1: Yeah, so, uh, okay, so tying my Christian faith into that, you know, so I grew up in the church, and I'm not saying this is what Christianity is, but, you know, sure. my my experience of, I think, uh, Christianity of the church early on, the conversation around sex uh, was very suppressed. Uh, there wasn't a lot of room for that conversation. It was awkward or, you know, it was a joke, you know what I mean? And I really, I really don't think I had a lot of opportunity or I didn't feel a lot of freedom Um, Or maybe wasn't given a lot of permission to explore my sexuality as a kid, you know, and like many of us, you know, just picked up my first uh, Playboy magazine, you know, uh, you know, like young teens early or something like that and just got into porn, you know, like I I think like a lot of us do innocently, you know, or maybe it was a friend's videotapes or however we find it. But, but that was really it. I I didn't have a lot of exposure to that stuff early on, but then I, I found it, didn't have a lot of room to like talk about it. It certainly hadn't had that conversation and then just um, got into it like so many of us. And then, um, you know, like dial up internet came into the house, um, you know, and then high speed and just kind of just uh, expedited very quickly in my life. You know what I mean? Um, With the advent of those, with those things, you know? So I think that would be the tie. And I think a lot of us have a, Um, maybe that come from a more religious household, have a more suppressed kind of experience with our sexuality and we can get off track, you know, pretty easily. And I think that's probably the root of mine, you know,
0: totally. And I I think you said something that's really important. Like you, you looked at a playboy I did, like when I was probably 10 or 11, I think a buddy of mine stole it from his neighbor or something of that nature. And it really was an innocence. (laughs) It really was an innocence. So why do you think so many people put, I don't know, this, this, shame and guilt on sexuality that leads to the shadow
1: of creativity. That's a good question. I mean, I, I don't know, but again, I think, I think a lot of it is inherent in religion in general. Um, I'm not, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, inherent sin around the idea of, of sexuality, a lot of control maybe a lot of oppression, um, potentially. So I don't know like where, where it really originates, but I can say in a lot of, uh, religious, you know, conversation, uh, a, a lot of, uh, dogma around, around sexuality and, um, Yeah, again, maybe earlier on, it was used for control and oppression in some ways, you know.
0: Mm. What impact do you feel like pornography is having uh, on men and women around the world right now?
1: Man, it's quite dark, man. I I see it in a lot of men that I uh, work with and, um, man, impact, uh, I think, a lot of mental health issues a lot of sexual health issues, a lot of social health issues, a lot of spiritual issues, uh, physical issues, uh, maybe how we show up in the bedroom. I I think it has uh, impact in almost every area of life. And uh, I think the big challenge is because it has been um, so suppressed, right? And it is something that lives in the shadow. Um, and there is this this energy around it. A lot of people don't feel comfortable coming out and sharing about it, you know. So a lot of men and women, as you mentioned, you know, I think are dealing with it really uh in the in in their own private life, in the shadows of life. And I think that really adds the fuel to the fire, you know.
0: You think if men are just if they just bring to light that they look at pornography, yeah. they talk about it. Mm-hmm. That alleviates a lot of the guilt and shame associated that pulls them out of the depression just by opening into a conversation. Or is it more than that?
1: Oh, I think that's, I think that's like a great first step. It's just like anybody that's dealing with anything, like whether it's like any kind of recovery, maybe AA or something like that, just coming forth and taking the burden, you know what I mean? Off of just yourself and sharing it with others and kind of just like almost like opening the pressure release valve, you know, there's something therapeutic and cathartic and just sharing your burdens with others and recognizing that you're not alone, you know? Do you think a
0: lot of men's, um, We'll call it addiction, I guess, or maybe they're looking at pornography. Is it because they, they have some deeper need that they aren't tapping into their own agency to create? And I'm not just talking about like a sexual position, I'm, I'm going deeper than that. Like, for instance, I remember when I used to look at pornography, I really like lesbian pornography. And when I really got curious around it, when I let go of the guilt and shame, and my wife was awesome uh, with this because she's from Romania. And so they're their relationship to sexuality is vastly different um, than Americans. It's very, very more open. It's just like, yeah, it's pornography. It's a thing, whatever. Like there's no guilt and shame. It's just like, Mm -hmm. it, it is there. So when I get curious about like, well, what, what am I really desiring from this? Right. Besides like getting off, like, what am I really desiring? What I desired was sensuality. So then when I was able to be like, oh, well, how could I create more sensuality with my wife? And we had conversations around that. The Even the desire to go look at lesbian pornography was gone because I was then creating the sensual connection that I wanted to experience with my wife. So my question is, if people got honest, is it just like they have a need that they want to experience and they're using pornography to, to create that experience, the feeling, rather than leaning into their own agency and questioning, like, how could they create that with in integrity with a partner.
1: Yeah, I think that's huge. Um, So, yeah, so we look at a lot of areas in terms of like, what need am I actually attempting to meet here? So, you know, very often it is sexual, right? The need for intimacy or just, you know, something erotic, you know, and just um, the, the hotness of sex, you know what I mean? There might be something in there. And also, I think there's there's like a, in the work that uh, we do, the work I've done, and uh, what I've discovered is there's like this an emotional intelligence component, right? We might have a need that is not even sexual we are attempting to meet with pornography, just like some people might attempt to meet um, the needs uh, of other things with cigarettes, food alcohol drugs right um oftentimes and, and so I, th- I think it's really important to take a deep look at all right let's pause for a minute what am i like you said actually attempting to accomplish here maybe i'm feeling lonely maybe i'm feeling disconnected maybe i'm feeling anxious uh, anxious maybe i'm feeling tired you know so there's a whole spectrum of needs that that we have we have conditioned ourselves to actually go to pornography in order to attempt to meet
0: yeah, we, we talked about this in uh, in Project Shift and one of the programs I run, we, we touch on porn and sexuality very briefly, nothing like you do at all. And it, we were just putting together this personal development program and we, we had to touch on sex, like we we had to. And one of the things we talked about was the dopamine hit that people get from pornography and how when people are addicted to pornography, they may not be addicted to pornography, they're addicted to the dopamine hit because it is the easiest, fastest way to gain dopamine hits through masturbation and, and pornography. Would you would you agree with that? Big
1: time, yeah, great drug. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so good. So what are people to do about it? If, if like part of the human experience is we want to experience dopamine, we want mm-hmm. to increase our levels of dopamine, what do we do? Do we just resist this thing called pornography, or is there a different
1: way to make peace about it? That's a good question, man. And, and you know, there are I think there are a number of approaches to this. I think that the best and the healthiest answer to that is, um, so like uh, again, a process we use is, is a mindfulness based approach. So it's like mm-hmm. really taking a pause and, and taking a time out and saying, okay, let's let's work to identify what I'm actually needing in this moment, and it might be a sexual need, which which we would encourage, you know, brothers ancestors to meet in a healthy way right um but um you know like how do we how do we identify this need first of all and how do we now work to meet that need in a healthier way maybe if i'm tired i actually need some rest i'm d- feeling disconnected and i've identified that maybe i actually want you know true healthy connection you know um, maybe i need to address the the actual anxiety that's going on inside of me so How do we now meet those needs in a healthier way? I think is is really what we're working to accomplish.
0: So is it similar to maybe I've never smoked cigarettes or anything like that. I've never been down that path, but I've, I've heard people say when they would smoke and they wanted to quit, they would replace the habit with a different, a different option. Like, Oh, I have a need to smoke. Let me put a piece of gum in my mouth. And so they, They replace a habit with a habit. And so let's say if somebody has a go-to habit of they feel stressed or they're tired, like, oh, I'm going to go to pornography to help me alleviate this pressure that I'm feeling, the tiredness, the pressure, the stress. Is it as simple as like, oh, well, rather than going to that, I'm going to go to a breathing technique or a meditation Mm -hmm. and just replace a habit with a habit? Is it that simple or different?
1: Well, it, it is that simple in theory, I think, you know, but, but, you know, uh, for anybody that's maybe listening or maybe in your own uh, personal experience, AJ, that impulse and that desire to go to the pornography is very strong, man. That Like I said, it's a good drug, man. So um, I, I think it is that simple. But the the restraint, the, the restraint required and the discipline and the commitment to something greater, uh, you know, we focus a lot on the why, like, what do we actually want instead, you know, um, the commitment to make a, a different choice, really requires a lot I, th- I think a lot of um, emotional um, resilience you know um, yeah
0: so what would you encourage somebody to do if they're struggling with porn addiction what would you encourage them to do like what are the steps that you would kind of guide them through we don't have to go deep but just kind of at a high level what are the steps to kind of mm-hmm. I don't know to take back their power where they're the one in control where they're the one either doing porn or not doing porn but porn's not doing them
1: yeah uh so you know like it it is, I think, a more um, more in-depth conversation. and but just to be like brief here for the sake of our conversation, I think the most important thing to do, I, mean, I could give you like a, a couple little nuggets, but I think the most important thing that anybody that uh, wants to end the relationship with porn for good, which I think is ultimately that anybody that has a relationship with porn, that they may qualify as addictive or compulsive, you know, you want to know that it's behind you for good. I think the most important thing that anybody can do, Aside from skills, like how to, but the the first step is really to identify your why, you know, and in our work together, um, we identify like, you know, the why is being broken down into two things. First of all, we have to identify the pain and the destruction that porn is 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 creating in our life right because it is a bit it, it is a hell it is a prison of sorts for uh for those who have experienced any form of like severe addiction um you know addiction to pornography can be a real hell we can feel really enslaved by it so getting really crystal clear on the destruction it's creating in our life and the second part of the why would be to create a crystal clear vision for what we want to experience differently you know, and that those two pieces comprise our why. So it's like we can have all the commitment, we can have all the accountability, we can have all the community, we can have all the tools, which are all pieces of our puzzle. But if we don't have a powerful reason, a powerful motivator, then then I think none of that matters. You know,
0: what would be a powerful reason? Because I imagine somebody's listening to this right now, and they're like, ah, this is something I do on my downtime. Mm-hmm. Like it, it I, it's something I can do in the shadow. Uh, so it's not that big of a deal. Like what would you tell them is on the other side of that? Because I believe a lot of people don't even know what's on the other side, what's possible for them on the other side.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that is the, that is the trick. You know, first of all, we come from a pretty, I think, unique approach that says we don't just demonize pornography. Some people are able to maintain a healthy relationship with it and we honor that, you know? So if maybe you're just using porn once in a while and it's cool with you, or maybe using it as a couple and it's cool and you don't experience like adverse, um, you know, emotional, spiritual kind of uh, physical uh, issues, then, you know, I, I think the first thing is really to determine if it is creating like suffering in your life, you know? Um, some signs of that, again, might be low energy, maybe um, maybe it's it's having an adverse emotional effects, depression, anxiety, fear, uh, disconnect, uh, loneliness, um, social a- awkwardness, um, sexual uh, potential issues. Those could be some signs, uh, low feelings of self-worth, uh, low self-confidence. Um, so I would say if you have any of those things, and we could go on and on, right? Those would be some signs for sexual performance in the bedroom. Maybe you're not aroused by your partner and maybe you used to be, you know what I mean? Um, maybe you're going to porn a lot throughout the day. And then by the time you get home or by the time it's time to connect in a healthy way, in a way that you might desire, you're not able or not interested. All these things might be signs. Um, and again, we could go on about that. Uh, but on the other side of that, um, a lot of the, you know, in my own personal experience and the experience of a lot of the brothers that, uh, I've had the opportunity to, to see in their own journey is like renewed energy, um, a renewed lust for life, um, new inspiration, um, motivation coming back, you know, a a greater sense of of confidence and self worth, like, I would say an overall sense of reinvigoration um, of life, because what we're doing with the pornography is one where I think we're dumping a lot of our, our life force, like vital energy down the drain. And we're also instead of getting uh, maybe like something that we're needing, uh, we're actually just putting the toxicity of porn, you know what I mean, into into our soul you know mm. um so not only are we dumping out that life force energy i think we're we're replacing it with something that's that's really quite toxic so um does, does that answer your question oh yeah that? yeah
0: and if somebody was gonna hold on to their life force energy like what would they do with it like i don't know if you've ever read think and grow rich by napoleon yes. hill they talk about sexual energy Transmutation. And sexual transplantation Transmutation. Yeah, yeah so like what is somebody supposed to do with this life force energy If it's not sex,
1: yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, So this whole idea of sex transmutation and right, and we hear about semen retention, and there's all these practices and tantra and all these different, uh, these different things. So we teach like three things. You know, um, what do we do with this impulse? What do we do with this urge when it strikes? So like really, very simply, the three, uh, the three kind of ideas um, or suggestions we might have. One first, I think, and very importantly, is is learn to be with that emotion be with that energy be with that impulse just like if if anybody here has maybe has had an addictive or compulsive relationship in the past with cigarettes or or some other thing maybe it's food we can see and notice whenever the feeling the impulse the urge right arises in the body as energy right and the willingness to just to kind of be with that energy right Mm. maybe there's something to learn maybe maybe we need to like re-engage with our emotions you know and maybe there's something there for us but either way just just noticing and being like the willingness like a uh, to to be with that energy to be with that emotion i've heard i've heard some people say that children cannot handle their emotions you know what i mean but men we have to learn to mature and learn to be with that emotion um but we've adopted like this this habit of of running away from that emotion or dumping that emotion off you know at such an early age so i think the first and foremost thing is to be with that emotion again we teach you know mindfulness and meditation just to learn to be with that emotion we can watch as the emotion energy rises and we can watch as as the energy and the emotion falls again and goes away. So just to be with that is I think super important number two, and just as good of an option is to actually connect in a, in a healthy sexual way, either with a partner or through healthy forms of of masturbation and self pleasure. That'd be number two is to actually release that. And number three, Getting to your point of the sex transmutation, and I think a great idea. You know, we focus so much uh, in our in our work on vision and why. Like, what else do you want instead? So that is literally our life force energy. Like, we literally create life with this energy. You know, so if we can redirect that energy in, in, into the life we want to live and the man that we want to be, you know, but we have to clarify that vision for ourselves, or else we don't know what to do with that energy.
0: You know. Oh, good. And I want to go back to the first point of being with the energy. Yeah. You know, I, I think in such a powerful thing I know one of my biggest breakthroughs that I had probably within the past three years was just being with sexual energy I, I was leading an event and we do this this exercise where we called come go and come go it's not a sexual thing at all you have two people that are that are they can be close they can be afar and you're telling them to come come close or go away uh-huh. and this person can choose to either come close or go away and we encourage participants to play in their edge and so I had this really beautiful woman in front of me And so I had her come close and I could feel the sexual energy. And I think for a lot of men, when they feel the sexual energy and I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to use a word here just to be direct, to make a point. They believe they have to fuck the energy, but they don't like, you can just like be with a tree and be like, gosh, what a beautiful tree. Or you can be with a mountain and just breathe it in. Just like you can just appreciate it without having to need to do anything sexual. yes, And this was so liberating for me that this woman gave me the experience and there was no sexualness there of attraction. It was just like me just breathing in her feminine life force energy, her breathing in my masculine life force energy. There was no adultery, no fornication. It was just being with the energy. And I think so many people, especially that come from Christian faith, Unfortunately, they don't give themselves permission to be with the energy because they have a story and meaning that it's bad or there's guilt or there's shame or it means something about them or they're a sinner or God's going to look down on them. And my experience has been that is that is not the God that I've experienced by by any means (laughs) or read about. Like it's just fucking energy for us to be with. And it's liberating when we can be with it. I'm kind of on my preacher's hat right now.
1: I love it. Amen, brother. (laughs) Yeah, right
0: on, man. Awesome. So how can we encourage more men and women to just be with the experience of their experience Mm -hmm. without it having to mean anything?
1: Yeah. So I, I think, I think that kind of um, it comes to a point in our own awareness and our own consciousness and our own understanding that we don't have to react to every thought and every feeling and every emotion that comes up. You know, we can, we can simply choose to observe we can simply choose to be or, or to notice and observe and, and be with and maybe be, be curious about it. Like you said, I, th- I think it's, I think it's a matter of uh, emotional maturity in a sense. Yes. Yeah.
0: What well, So what can we do as like people who understand this and we have children we know children like my daughter she's two 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 years old and two months old she has more access to sexual content like at the palm of her hand than i ever did growing up mm-hmm. so what do we do as parents to help navigate this besides just having an open conversation to encourage them to be with it like what advice do you have
1: yeah i think that's uh that's a great question and, and quite a it's it's a uh... It's a quandary in today's society, you know, we have to figure that out. Um, so I think all the basic stuff, uh, like you mentioned, you know, maybe, maybe the app blockers, maybe limiting screen time, uh, having that conversation. But at the end of the day, I think as a parent, you can have all that conversation you want with a kid. But if a, if a young boy gets his hands on, on his cell phone or computer and, you know, it's just so intoxicating and so exciting as a kid. So I don't know, man, I think I think a, a big piece of it, if you ever watched like The Social Dilemma, right? Um, at the end of that, all the all the owners of the big tech uh, social media companies are saying, you know, what? I don't let my kids have a screen at all. You know what I mean? Until they're like 18, um, because it is so and, uh, intoxicating and intoxicating in it. It is created in order to attract us, in order to pull us in, you know, so I don't know. I think really that would be my I think my call as a parent. I'm not a parent yet, but to really be very intentional about my child's screen time and, and interaction with social media and that phone and um, all that. I think that would probably be the most. And of course, just like de- like like neutralize this conversation around sex, normalize the conversation around sex. Um, you know, I think so many kids feel as though it's weird, it's awkward. They can't have that conversation with the parents or they're going to get in trouble or there's something wrong with them. But I think just allow kids to to experience themselves naturally and just to have a, healthy conversation and experience with sex and their sexuality would probably be just as uh, if not more important
0: yeah dude i totally agree normalizing the conversation normalizing sexuality in general i know the approach that we'll take with my daughter and and there's like there's a paradox to this and what i mean by that it's like yes it's my job as a father to protect her innocence and at the same time uh have enough awareness and i i don't think there's a black and white science and But having enough awareness to like check in with what I call it God, you call it spirit universe consciousness, I call it God, And, and trust like where I'm being guided. And if it's like she, she has the capacity to, you know, go certain places to allow her, but also hold the space to be able to have those conversations. So if she's wanting to experience sex with a partner to be like, well, what what need are you wanting to experience? And being willing to have some of these conversations rather than being like, nope, you can't do that until you're 18. Nope, you can't do that until you're 21. Nope, not yet. I have to stay curious and be like, what, babe, what do you got going on? What are you wanting to experience? What need do you have? Mm -hmm. And be open to co-creating a win-win from a very young age. So it's just a way of being it's a relationship that I have with my daughter. I could be wrong. But that's that's kind of the the boat I'm in at the moment and we'll see how that plays out.
1: Yeah, I dig it, man. I think I think all of us are in a new uh, situation. You know, these these I would say the generation that's come in whatever the past 10 years or so. Like I think I think you and I, brother. You know, I know I was born and for the first 15 or so years of my life, I did not even have a computer in the house. You know, yep. so these newer generations uh, that are coming along here, yeah, they're all being born with one of these in their hand. Totally. You know? So that's a new thing we have to all navigate as humanity. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: who's to say, and I don't know, just going way out here down the rabbit hole on this, who's to say their soul didn't come to this planet with a whole new level of capacity that mm. you and I didn't have? <laughs> I'm with you, you know? on that, man. I'm with <laughs> you on that. 100%. <laughs> and so yeah, man, it's different things for different people, of course. But I think it's just our job as a parent is to to make sure our inputs are really good. So we have the space and the capacity to just be in the fire with them, mm-hmm. and not to make them wrong or guilt or shame, but just to Seek to understand, to, yeah, to yeah, observe and, and help navigate and us demonstrate uh, as well the values that we choose to stand for. Mm-hmm. So switching gears, I know there's a lot of talk about men in por- pornography. I don't see a whole lot, but I also haven't looked for it about women in pornography do women struggle with pornography the same way men do? Uh,
1: I think they do, uh, AJ. And, and, um, so you can Google, right. You could, you could do some research and you'll find all kinds of, you know, stats, um, that, that discuss, you know, uh, how many women, uh, or what percentage of women actually use porn or use it regularly, or say they have an addictive relationship with porn. Um, so again, I think, I think the, um, what do you say? The um, the whatever is still out on that. The jury is still maybe out on that because I think it's a newer conversation, right? Um, but I can say in, in my own experience, because I've been having this conversation openly more, uh, a lot of times women will reach out to me personally or they'll comment on some of my posts, uh, that that women definitely do deal with this. I do think men and women have a different relationship with it. I'm not saying that it's, it's always different across the board, but it seems I don't I don't see the addictive quality for it in women the same way I do in men. Um, but of course, I'm not a woman, so I don't know. Um, it seems as though women don't have such an addictive tendency for for, uh, for porn. But I definitely know that that there are a significant amount of women that use porn regularly and that there are definitely there are definitely uh, uh a portion of women who uh, haven't had a, have an addictive relationship with it, and several have reached out to me, sharing that personally. You know, they're like, awesome. "Hey, this is not just a man thing." No. Awesome, and you know, we've talked about
0: like the shadow of porn. Uh, I went through a course by David Dita about masculinity and and polarity and all of that, and yeah. he was an advocate that porn, if used consciously could be a great tool for men. He wasn't Mm -hmm. prescribing it for men, but he was just talking around, Hey, it could be a tool for you. Yep. How could pornography be used as a tool to actually evolve our soul and our consciousness and connection to life force
1: Mm -hmm. yeah that's good so you were talking about sex transmutation earlier david died i believe he did what way of superior man right correct correct. And, and yeah he was one of the earlier ones that i saw talking about this conversation so i'm gonna say that i'm not an expert on that because for me, again, I always had this addictive compulsive relationship with porn. So for me, it wasn't a healthy thing. It'd be like an alcoholic trying to have a couple beers. It just doesn't work. You know, Um, I can say, I have um, spoken with and encountered and had met much conversation with uh, many men who again who one have a healthy relationship with porn. They're like, yeah, I use it once in a while. It's good. It's therapeutic. You know, I just kind of use it when I want to relax. Or um, couples use it within their within their relationship, and it seems to work really well. And they're like, we dig it as a couple, and I think that's that's great. And I honor that. Um, I, I also was on a I was on like a mastermind call about two weeks ago, and there's a brother on there who uses Porn. He does not. Um, he does not masturbate with it, but he uses it to kind of arouse himself in different ways, and he he induces that that kind of uh, orgasm that that David Dida talks about, where you kind of move the the uh, spinal yep. column, that that whole thing he uses that and he kind of massages his body and does this whole kind of sensual thing while watching porn. He never touches himself, uh, in, in the genitals. And, and he has, and he's like, for me, he's like, after I'm done, I feel invigorated. I feel energized. And it's like a good, healthy thing. So again, I really honor everyone's, um, kind of own individual, uh, experience and journey with it, you know?
0: Awesome, man. What has been your biggest breakthrough personally, uh, around porn?
1: Mm, my biggest breakthrough personally, yeah, I would say, I would say, again, what I referenced earlier is really getting clear on the why. I think really getting clear on the needs that we talked about earlier, you know, just the awareness, like, what am I actually wanting and needing in this moment? You know, I still have moments where like, I'm laying in bed late at night, I can't sleep. Maybe I've been, I ate too late. I am just kind of there tossing and turning my phones over across the room. I still have the impulse and urge to, to look at porn. Um, so you know, I I think like in those moments, like learning to check in with myself and say, all right, what am I actually, what am I wanting and needing? Sometimes I'm just noticing that I just want, I'm looking for stimulation, you know? Mm. Um, so I think awareness around what needs we're actually attempting to meet. And I think, um, you know, accountability within community is so important. You know, to the piece, I feel like I almost have an unfair advantage in the work that I do because the work that I do holds me to such a high level of integrity in my own journey and relationship with porn. So, community and accountability so important. Um, and I think, I think the real kind of golden key beyond that would just be recognizing that, you know, like people were like, what's the what's the secret? What's the one thing? For me, it's like a willingness to be with that emotion to be with that maybe it's pain to be with that energy and just bear with it even if it means maybe you're suffering a bit maybe you're crying maybe you're feeling lonely maybe you know what i mean like really a willingness to to bear the suffering and 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 that emotion that energy will move through and process i think in a healthy way if we are willing to do so but quitting porn is not easy i don't think for anybody that that has this type of relationship with it and like you said, man, just a willingness to be with that and bear the suffering and it will subside and it will decrease after time. And you also become better at at, um, at dealing with it, you know,
0: and living in the sufferings. I know you like you come, you're, you know, in the Buddhist ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And suffering comes from attachment. Mm hmm. Suffering comes from us either craving. We'll stay on topic here. Craving pornography or like resisting the aversion of like I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Mm -hmm. So Buddhist philosophy would just be like, well, be with what is, which is your offering the sadness, the frustration, the stress, the and so many people don't know how to be with. Unfortunately, it's not something we're taught. And I I have spent the past decade learning how to be with anything. Right, (laughs) man. Yeah, brother. Anything. And for me, it comes back to this breathing, mm-hmm. this being with the breath and and living in the question. You know, I think you, I, you said uh, very vulnerably, like one of the things you want is stimulation sometimes, is stimulation. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder, like, if we can become aware and just be with, man, there's a part of me that wants some stimulation right now. If we can just live in the pocket with it and live in the question of like, well, how could I create stimulation? Mm-hmm. I could do pornography. That could be an option. Yep. But I'm willing not to do that right now. So how else could I create stimulation? How else could I experience? And maybe just by being with and living in the question and staying in that place of childlike curiosity, maybe a little answer drops in that we're able to to pursue a different path to experience that which we feel called to, which is stimulation absolutely potentially
1: absolutely yeah so often like in those moments man it's just like it's just a deep breath just breathing in you know i kind of teach a technique just kind of breathing up from the genitals into the belly a big full belly breath breathing into the heart you know and just and just being with that for a minute man and and okay. oftentimes that's it just allowing it to pass you know rather than resisting it or 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 running away from it you know
0: i do know i i, I teach something we call the core power process and essentially it's like We all have thoughts, right? It's like, if I told you, hey, Matt, don't think right now, like there's no possible way you're going to think like you're not even the thinker of your thoughts. Like you have thoughts So this is going to happen. But from those thoughts, we start experiencing from emotions and emotions start creating belief systems, stories and meanings. And this is where people get trapped is they don't allow themselves to surrender to their experience you said be with your experience i would say surrender to your experience because what happens is they have thoughts they have emotions guilt shame they're like oh this means this about me god's gonna be mad at me or whatever their stories and meanings are which then perpetuate more thoughts and more emotions and more belief systems and they get stuck in this ever-evolving pressure loop that's just building building and building and building and building and building until that pressure just erupts and the, sol- and the solution really is, and it's a simple solution, simple to do, simple not to do. Surrender to what you're experiencing.
1: Yes, brother. Yes. And, and you know, I use the word suffering, but maybe an even better word is, is just be with the pain. Be willing to be with the pain. Recognize that life is not always, you know, like in the symphony, there are highs and lows. And I think a, a healthy human is willing to be with, with the ebbs and flows of life, you know?
0: Well, dude, now I would even challenge labeling it as pain or labeling it as suffering is still stories and meaning Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. to
0: truly be with is to be with without stories and meaning it just is yeah now we may label it pain we may label it suffering but if we rise above that and really become the observer chooser it just
1: is yes yes absolutely
0: and in that experience, the emotion is nothing more than energy in motion. It passes, whether it's 15 seconds or 90 seconds or 12 minutes, like it will pass. This too shall pass. Yeah. It always does. And in the, the place of the passing, what I have experienced personally and all of my clients, when they go through the core power process, is a void opens up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A void opens up where God can pour in some inspiration where we can actually take inspirational action. Yes. Like, and, but part of that is living in the question, but the only way to live in the question is to be with the experience that opens up the space for us to actually be in a place of receiving an empowered answer.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think in that space is also the space of expansion.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Your expansion certain. Yeah. Like it's not, it's like your, your your expansion is inevitable if we're willing to be with the experience, whatever the experience is. It could be peace and joy, it could be sadness and anger and apathy and wanting to shoot myself in the face. I personally have experienced all of those. Right. <laughs> They're just an experience, and in the experience, there's always light if I'm willing to be there. Amen bring some science to this i found this interesting there's this physics experiment called the low road high road i don't know if you've ever seen it but essentially you have two tracks one is the the high road it's it's a sh- kind of pretty much a straight point from point a to point b a little tilted but pretty much pretty much straight and the other one's kind of like a half pipe right half pipe and you drop two balls at the same time two stainless steel balls and you'd ask people like well which one would make it to the other side fastest mm-hmm if you're anything like me, that where I originally saw this experiment, I was like, "Straightest path, the crow flies, you know, straight path. That's the fastest path, right?" right. So they release the balls, and lo, lo and behold, I was completely wrong. The low road, the ball that drops into the pit, picks up momentum and beats the straight road by far, mm. and starts picking up more momentum, more momentum. That's
1: very interesting.
0: And so I believe like if we've ever studied power versus force by Dr. David Hawkins and the scale of consciousness to the degree that we're willing to accept our death is to the degree in which we can live.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: So meaning in this game of shadow work, if I'm willing to be with my shadow and go to the pit with myself, not to fix it, Just to be with it, to experience it, to understand it. That's me going down the low road. And in physics, what happens is the potential that's stored within the ball when it's moving, it's converted into kinetic energy. So I believe when we're willing to be with the things that we're like, no, I don't want to be with that part of myself. When we're willing to experience that part of ourselves as an experience in our bodies, what happens is we drop down and our potential is turned into kinetic energy, which propul- like propulses us, propels us into love and service. Mm-hmm. And we have more and more agency, more and more capacity to be at cause in our lives. Is this making sense? Amen, brother. Super powerful stuff, man. Like It is. I've been with, I am weak. I have been with, I'm mediocre. I've been with man i want to kill myself i've been with that one too like i've been i've been with as much as my shadows as i can be with i'm not saying i go out looking for them <laughs> my subconscious releases them science has proven our subconscious releases things into our conscious when it knows we have the capacity to be with it scripture talks about uh, those who trust in him like only good things can happen totally butchered the 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 quote there from 1 corinthians i believe it's 13 but it's true. Like we have the capacity to be the light in the darkness. It's only our stories and meanings that keep us from being with. Right. <laughs> and if we're willing to take what you're sharing here today, which is to be with it, that's where we find liberation.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I dig that so much, man. Uh, I, I've heard that yeah. the pit and the peak kind of analogy uh, by uh, stated by Garrett J. White. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know if you know with the Warrior program. You know, he always talks about the depth of our pit Will determine the, the height of our peak you know what i mean and i think uh as you said being willing maybe even to go into the pits of hell with whatever we're experiencing and yes that absolutely opens us up man
0: absolutely dude mm-hmm. and the, the crazy thing is hell is just our stories and meanings
1: absolutely absolutely
0: like when we go to the pit it just is mm-hmm. and our feet hit the ground and we're like wow it's not it's really not that bad here like You're the right. best way i can illustrate it, it's like in a backyard, like in a suburban backyard, backyard they usually have those L-shaped backyards here in America. And they usually have the swing set in the bigger rectangular part of the backyard. And there's the floodlights. And let's say there's two children playing on that swing set at, at nighttime, and they want to play hide and seek. Well, one of them is like looking over at the darkness, like, man, it's scary over there, but I bet it would be a good hiding place. Mm-hmm. But they're too scared to go into the darkness because who knows what's in the darkness. Well, eventually they get up enough courage, they go into the darkness and when they get into the darkness, their eyes adjust and they realize, well, there's some trash cans and some air conditioning units over here. It's really not that bad. Some gravel, there's some really good hiding spots and they can still look out to the light and see there. Mm -hmm. And what has happened since their eyes have adjusted and they have the courage to be in both the light and the dark, their capacity to express themselves has just been exponentially increased. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is what happens with us as humans when we're willing to go to the pit, when we're willing to go with the shadows, when we're willing to be with the capacity that we have to experience the totality of God flowing through us exponentially expands.
1: Yeah. I think a really important point on that, man, because we're I think we're getting into some really good stuff here, is like that feeling, that emotion, should we be willing to be with it, is really like our power. Yeah. So so much of the conversation that we have with the brothers is like, how much of your how, how much can you handle? Like I, I see so many brothers, they'll they'll go to 30, 35, 40, you know, they'll they'll get really close to this benchmark and then they'll, they'll 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 go back down again. It's but it's like there has to be a point in your journey when you're willing to be with that power because it really, it really is like that that I think also expands our capacity, the willingness to be with that, you know?
0: I totally agree. The best way I could describe it, it's like, think of like a, an eight inch water pipe. Mm-hmm. If we're like anger, nope, not, I don't do anger or angry people hurt people. We just constricted the flow of that pipe. Mm-hmm. Sexual energy. Nope. God's not sexual. No, mm-hmm. I don't do sexual energy. That's, that, that's not right. We just constricted the flow. And before we know it, when we have the capacity of an eight inch pipe or a 40 inch pipe, there's no, there's no, no, no right length or diameter, but we're just like trickling because mm-hmm. we have these stories and meanings of like, nope, can't do that. Nope. Can't do that. Nope. Can't do that. And what's helped me understand. And this is just my belief system is God is all of it. God is all of it. And God is none of it. Welcome to the paradox. So anytime I'm like, Hey, I don't do anger. Essentially I'm saying, Hey God, fuck you. I don't let anger come through this body. Right. Right. Oh, sexuality, God, fuck you. I don't let sexuality come through this vessel. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And God's going like, yo, I love you, bro. I just, I want to express through you in a healthy way. And you're made perfectly. And you're made perfectly. Yeah. And so people are like, well, AJ, how do I allow the totality of God, the totality of my power to come through me without it causing chaos and destruction? The game's really simple. You have values that govern your life. And you have the ability to choose to walk in integrity with those values and the integrity and the values are the riverbanks that allow you to channel the totality of God through you to allow you to create your unique purpose, your unique expression on earth. The moment that we forget this And we do not walk in integrity with our values is the moment that the riverbank collapses and all of that water flows out and smashes cities and creates destruction. So it's not the emotions that harm people. It's our lack of taking responsibility to walk in integrity with our values, not our fathers or our our mothers or societies or churches, our values, the ones that we choose. And when we do that, we can actually wield the totality of our power in a very healthy,
1: very powerful, very responsible way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love it, dude. And I think when we are out of integrity with those values, that is also the space of suffering.
0: Yeah, I would totally agree. It's that's, that's where the guilt, the shame comes in. Yeah. Because we know better. Mm-hmm. And this is where we also get to have grace
1: mm-hmm.
0: and unconditional love for ourselves. Yeah, brother. To put up, to, to put back up that wall mm-hmm. and right or wrong and say, hey, whoa, I crossed the line. Uh, I was wrong.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Eat crow. <laughs> like we're going to survive eating crow. It's going to be okay. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> awesome. Buddy. So so this energy, this emotion that we're talking about, you know, yeah, we're talking about power, I think. Being with that power and, and a great question we ask our brothers is how good can you stand it? How yeah. good, you know, how good can you handle it? How much of that can you withstand then the more we are willing to do so, I think the more that capacity does expand and our capacity to deal with that, you know, increases. Yeah, dude.
0: If you could go back in time and give yourself some wisdom that would help you collapse time and get results faster, what would you tell him, man?
1: Oh, man, you know... <sighs> That's tough again because I I do believe that our path is perfect you know I do believe our path is perfect and maybe maybe my path um, put me here you know for the pers- purpose of this conversation today you know sure. so I, I honor and recognize that potential as well but I don't know man I think just um just figure I think at an earlier age just having a healthier uh, understanding and relationship with my own sexuality and kind of maybe recognizing where um, my relationship with porn might go. You know, yeah. the, the trajectory of that and, and the impacts it might have on my life, you know, that awareness may have been helpful to me at a younger age. Yeah.
0: Awesome, man. And if people who are if they're struggling with pornography, maybe they know somebody who is or maybe they're a woman, like how can they get in contact with you? I know you run a community. I know you're all about making peace with porn. Like, how can they get in contact with you and get plugged into what you got going on?
1: Yeah, thanks so much, brother. Uh, So I do run a community on Facebook. It's a private community. We are just men. Uh, It's called Making Peace with Porn. Um, So we've got a lot of of great conversation and training and community going on over there. If you're looking for and you can connect with me on Facebook that way as well, Matt Sinkovitz. And uh, if you're looking for something more private, uh, you can also just shoot me an email directly to makingpeacewithporn at gmail.com.
0: Awesome, dude. Well, dude, Matt, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate you, brother.
1: Dude, it was a great conversation. My honor to be here. Yes, sir. Well, there you have it,
0: my friend, Matt Events and Making Peace With Porn. This conversation was straight-up fire, and I loved every second of it. Like, it really brought the preacher out of me a little bit. Now, I know if you're struggling with porn, this conversation is filled with massive amounts of wisdom to help you liberate yourself from that addiction. Like, truly, I mean, it is packed full of gold. It was raw, it was vulnerable, and it was very practical. And uh, I hope you really enjoyed this conversation. So that's all I have for you in this episode of the Anthony John Amos podcast. I hope it served you. I hope it's inspired you. And I hope it's really helped you find a way to make peace with, uh, with porn on one level or another. Now, if you know someone who needs to hear this episode, send it over to them. Like send it to them in their DM, screenshot it, share it on your social media. like whatever you need to do. Send them an email, text message, whatever you got to do to get this episode into their ear holes. Like this was a, a great episode. Also keep the five star reviews coming over on iTunes because that is what helps get the show found by more people. So thank you so much for being here. Until next time, I'm out, peace. Well, that's all I've got for this episode of the Anthony John Amix podcast, but we have plenty more to help you become unstoppable in life and business. So head on over to AJAMix.com for exclusive resources, information and tools to help you break through to a new level of freedom, purpose and success. I look forward to having you back for the next episode. Bye for now.